Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from top CEOs, thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. My intention is to bring you value in every show that sparks an idea, helps you break a limiting belief, or creates thoughts that uplevel your life so that you can know from the deepest depths of your soul that everything you want is available to you and that abundance is your birthright. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer, holistically after surgery, without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and exploring spirituality and what it means to be in relationship with Source so that we can feel whole and complete no matter what life throws at us. My specialty in the business world is strategy and leadership, and my gift to each of you is my ability to listen so that I can help others see themselves. In each episode, I want to sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone, and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most purposeful and joy-filled life now and enjoy the show. Excellent. Thank you for joining us today, everyone. I have my guest, Amber Valdez, and we're going to get in it today. Oh, yeah. I don't don't like to waste any time. Oh, no. (laughs) It's going deep. Yes, yes. Now, I have to acknowledge you first, and I've I've saved this so I can acknowledge you for this, but I wanted to tell you that thank you for our conversation around Burning Man. So it was my first time at Burning Man in 2022. And sitting with Amber, as we were connecting, we happened to come on to the subject of Burning Man. And she was like, oh my gosh, have you been before? And I'm like, no, I'm a first time, I'm a noob. And she gave me so many valuable, valuable nuggets. And I had the best burn. And I felt like I was so prepared and I was like sharing with people. I'm sharing my coconut oil with people. So one of the hacks she gave me is she gave me this hack for for taking coconut oil and making sure I brush my hair every day and making sure that I add coconut oil and just being consistent about that and taking the wipes and the vinegar and the water. Girl, you saved me. Save the day. You saved me. Oh, I'm so, go- so glad. There's nothing worse than the, the, the playa dust dreads. <laughs> Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you're just like, oh my God, what do you do? Yes. You know, cut your hair later? No. No. Brush it out with coconut oil. That's right. I bet your hair looked amazing. It did. It did. And oh I had great right hair the whole event. Oh, yeah. I was like, I didn't need dreads. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh, so good. The other hack you gave me was to put my clothes in a baggie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Each outfit is- in a yes, baggie. Yes. Each outfit in its own bag with the jewelry, yep. with every days, with the socks, the whole deal. And by doing my bag every day, I had clean clothes yep. in the little baggie. And yep. I think I underestimated how much playa dust. Yeah. It uh, gets everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. And that was a great <laughs> hack. And then there was one more really genuine one or really, really juicy one that you gave me, which was to bring something to put like over my bed so mm. that when the dust comes, I can just pull that sheet or towel off of my bed and then I clean sheets underneath. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There were so many dust storms and I had a tent. Yep. by the way, because yep. I registered late and I'm yep. like, tented yep. it. I tented it up many years. <sighs> I think every first time I should tent it. I t- I'm only tented it, actually. Only tented Yeah, it. but of course my friends would have, you know, the RVs, but I've only tented. Okay. But wow. I, next time I'm not tenting. You're but right. I got it down to a science girl. You do. And thank you it's for sharing down. that wisdom with me because it really blessed me and I, I had the best burn. It was easy. It was full of ease and flow and I didn't have 
as many struggles as I right. might have had I not had your hacks. One hundred percent. Well, I'm grateful. It was passed down to me for from a 15 year burner. It was oh, an old roommate of mine. So good. Um, and she set me up to win too in that way. So I love it. Got to pay it forward. Yes. So good. All right. So let's dive in. Tell me, Amber. Tell me, you do work in the spiritual space, mm-hmm. and talk to me about what is an actual light worker. Ooh. I see that term and I see uh, light worker, seeker, healer, star seed. So if those are different, are these are those different? Let's start with that. Yeah, so they could be different. Okay. okay. Uh, but the shortest explanation of a light worker is a soul that's here to bring the light to the planet mm. and to do their good work as the light worker they are. So shine the light to the par- darkest parts of the world. So light workers are in corporate America. Light workers are CEOs. Light workers are, you know, entrepreneurs. Light workers are stay at home moms. You don't necessarily need to be getting paid for spiritual work to be a light worker. Mm. And so I actually coach a lot of undercover light workers. I call them the matrix light workers that are, you know, CEOs and corporate executives um, and really like allowing them to be the brightest light they can be in their day-to-day matrix jobs and grinds in corporate America, because they, it's actually the best place for light workers to be because oftentimes in those spaces, there's a lot of people that are unconscious about their energy or unconscious about the impact that they have the ability to make. But Mm. it's so exciting when I get to work with, you know, a corporate exec, a C-suite exec, that's like really making a massive difference in their companies, creating so much joy. You know, I had a friend work at a Fortune 500 company, and she was the front desk girl that was taking care of people who were bringing in, I mean, the majority of GE Capital. I'm not going to say her name, but she was bringing so much light and awareness into that office, you know, of people who are just like grinding so hard and Mm -hmm. making major decisions for the world. But she was a bit of the glue. And uh, it was pretty exciting to see the ripple effect that she could have by being in alignment and bringing that joy to the workplace and, and all the things. I love that. Yeah. So a starseed. Those are the ones that are more connected to like the galactics. I don't communicate with the galactics too much in terms of like, I'm more of the earth spirits. I more work with like the ancestors and more with the angelic realm versus Mm. the galactic realm. But the star seeds are very much not really from this planet. Okay. They've had more lifetimes in other planets and other galaxies. So this lifetime is a little more harder for them. Mm. Um, They kind of feel the sense of like, I don't belong here. How much longer I got to do this thing. They kind of have their own, and you can kind of tell by looking at them that they're not from this planet. (laughs) Um, It's their first earthling experience or, you know, a handful. I would say healers are those individuals who going way back into Jesus being a healer. This is going to be anyone, many nurses. Most of the nurses that come and work with me, they get into nursing because they want to help people. They want to heal people, but they get burnt up and spit out in Mm. that industry because they're so overworked. They're so underpaid, underappreciated. I could go down the list Mm. and so grateful for those frontline workers. And I have so many students and clients that end up making that pivot out of the matrix way of being a healer as as a doctor or a nurse and moving into more of the holistic side of things. A lot of those also were like doulas, you know, um, um, midwives, women that since the beginning of time, we've been delivering babies and not necessarily in the medical field, not knocking anyone doing that, but we can do that on our own way. So, you know, healers, medicine women, the women that use the herbs or they'll Mm. be the doulas and help the women birth and pre-birth and post-birth. And so, Healers, seekers, seekers are really those who are, know they're here for more. They know that there's more out there, They but they don't know quite know what that is. So mm-hmm. they're really in the space of reading a lot or podcasting a lot, 
really diving into spirituality. They're looking, they're getting into astrology or human design, or so they're seeking this truth, right? Whether that be being called to Egypt or diving into Celtic magic or really going back into their roots in Africa or their ancestral line and seeking more knowledge and information of, of things that they kind of know in their heart, but okay. they're kind of trying to bridge that gap. And I help people kind of build the bridge from where they are to where they want to be and connect them in more partnership with the divine so that whatever they do, whether it's being a stay-at-home mom or an entrepreneur or a dog walker, that they're really feeling fulfilled and making sure that they're bringing their light and their admission in their own unique way. Beautiful. There's a quote on your website and it says, I transformed my pain into my purpose and my mess into my message and you can too. When did this happen for you and how did it happen for you? Wow. How much time we got? No. <laughs> um, yeah. So one of the things I love to share um, through my teachings and my programs and and really just my, you know, my speeches or what, however spirit is guiding me to help individuals is our mess can be our message and our pain can be our purpose. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a mentally, physically, verbally, emotionally abusive home. My mom doing the best she could has borderline personality disorder. So she's extremely mentally ill. So that's the the cross between borderline personality disorder and is like bipolar and schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. So I didn't grow up in a home that was consistent to say the least. My feelings weren't really valid. It was hurry up, get over it. And there was just a lot of abuse in that home. I, of course, found my way to cheerleading so that I could pretend everything was okay and I could cheer other people on and kind of avoid what was going on at home. And I say this all the time, cheerleading really did save my life. I navigated through life with a bit of blinders on, right? And with my dad being an addict, he was sober the last 13 years of his life um, and him crossing over and not really having solid foundations and growing up in such abuse, it creates an impact, I find that many of us will overcompensate based upon what we went through, whether it be trying to gain our self-worth. And I say in all the wrong places. And of course, that ended me up in Hollywood mm. and ended me up on my path to being a TV host for 10 years and a red carpet correspondent interviewing every celebrity from Sandra Bullock to Adam Sandler and anyone in between. And really looking for ways to kind of fill this void in my heart of my enoughness. Mm. And no matter what celebrity I interviewed or what jet I was flying on with my friend that was a billionaire, it never had me feel like it was enough, Mm. right? There was this void, right? And I had every job under the sun from being a nanny to being a reality star and being a nanny on television to, you know, throwing EDM festivals to working in the agency space to working at um, William Morris and working at CBS television. It was never, it never had me feel like Mm. I mattered and I was worthy and my purpose mattered, Mm. right? So I went through this really gnarly dark night of soul. I'll spare you the details, but I basically walked off the set of E! News after my fifth callback and really realized I didn't want to be on television anymore. But I was, I felt so sad because my entire life, that's all I ever wanted. Mm. It was like one of those moments where you're like getting the thing that you've wanted your whole life, but you realize now that you don't want it anymore. So you're like, well, who am I? Mm. So around that time, I was going through a really traumatic breakup with a man I was madly in love with, my greatest heartbreak to date, and found out he was a sex addict and he was having sex with strangers. And so my relationship was dead. Therefore, it activated my dad's death that I didn't process that I just put on a shelf. Mm. So my dad was dead, my biggest cheerleader. My relationship was dead. My dream was dead. And I literally found myself suicidal. And that night I almost went and killed myself and drank an entire bottle of NyQuil PM. And I ended up going on a hike with a friend who was in an emotional intelligence training that actually enrolled me into it over margaritas on Sunset Boulevard at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Wow. Because that's what I did back then to suppress my pain. (laughs) She was like, I was like, when is it? She's like, tomorrow. And I'm like, 
She goes, you got anything to do? And I had just wrapped my show on TV, so I did it. And I was like, oh. So case in point, that moment changed my life. And I took this training that gave me the tools and the processes to really dive deep into all this pain that I had been putting on a shelf and avoiding and pretending everything was okay Mm -hmm. and bypassing it with all the things that one would bypass with. In my case, it was the search of fame and really self-worth. So from that space, I realized my purpose on this planet wasn't to talk shit about celebrities. (laughs) It was actually to support people, including myself, reminding myself that I love myself, matter i'm worthy my purpose matters Mm -hmm. and so from that place i was able to transform my pain into my purpose Mm -hmm. all of the neglect the shame the doubt the lack of self-worth i was able to transmute that and pay that forward and so teaching others how to do the same that oftentimes these things that happen to us whether they're sexual trauma or they're you know i grew up in severe scarcity on food stamps and then was able Mm -hmm. to break that narrative and you know earn over a million dollars in my business to date without going to college like really realizing that like all these things that happen to us aren't just to happen to us. I mm. truly believe we all have a, a soul curriculum. Yeah. And I believe that we create these contracts before we came with our parents, with our biggest heartbreak, with our friends, our employers, our employees, mm. so that we can live or we can learn the lessons that will help our soul grow and evolve. And as soon as we come out of, as Matt Kahn shares, lightworker in training, which is victim consciousness, mm. which is, they did this to me. It's my mom's fault. It's my dad's it's fault. Like, it's my ex, right? And yeah. that was very much the space I was in, this victim narrative of mm. like, woe is me, all these mm. things that happened to me, but I was the common denominator mm. of never feeling enough. The right. common denominator of working a million jobs and never feeling like it was there. Mm. Search, searching, 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 finding love in all the wrong places. Mm. I'm the common denominator from the frequency of the victim consciousness. I was attracting all those experiences mm-hmm. and I wouldn't trade them at all, but I was able to pivot and take all that pain pay it forward to my purpose and show other people how to do the same. You can get paid for these things. You can be a teacher, right? So you go from light worker in training, which is victim consciousness, into earth angel, which is light worker in physical form, mm. which is that beautiful bridge and that transformation of the journey of it didn't happen to me, it happened for me. Mm. And how can I use this, what I have learned to help at least one person avoid any end unnecessary pain, shame, or suffering Sure, by paying forward, right? We mm-hmm. see that with books. We see that with television or anything in life. And I think that's really when you start to feel that wholeness and that completeness mm-hmm. so that you really own that. I chose this. These were my lessons. This was my spiritual curriculum. And the pain stops when you learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. And then from that really empowered space, you know, you can stand on stage and, or in your own life, you can just show up in such a way that um, helps people not feel so alone. That's what I, I think that I meant probably by that quote. And I always say as well, like, you're never going to be broke when you are living your purpose and finally, you know, utilizing your gifts. Amazing. Now, what would you say to those professionals, to those folks out there right now who are are experiencing what you experienced? They are in the height of their their what they thought was their work in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're also experiencing feelings of I'm not enough and mm. nothing seems to be enough, even yeah. though I can look around and I, I might have things. Yeah. Uh, I might have money in the bank, but it still feels so empty. Like, yeah. what is your message for them? What What would you have liked to have heard in those moments? Like, what would have been an encouragement or or something that would have shifted for you if someone had just said it or brought it to your attention? Yeah, thank you for asking that. It's a great question. I feel like the first thing is to just acknowledge yourself 
for the awareness that's unfolding. I think most people go through their life completely unaware and don't even give themselves permission to even question the things that they've worked so hard for and towards, mm. whether it be their parents being like, you know, I have a lot of friends that are Indian, right? And their parents like, gotta be a lawyer, gotta be a doctor, gotta be this so that you're worthy. And they'll do their whole lives trying to fulfill this prophecy of their mom and dad for their self-worth. And they wake up one day and they look around at their house and their cars and their this and their that. And they're like, who the heck am I? Right. And what has this been all for? Right. And I think about my friend, bless his soul, uh, Lou Ceruzzi. He was a billionaire and, and made all his money in um, commercial real estate. He was, they would call him the um, Prince of Wall Street. He built the Sam's Clubs and the Home Depots and the Starwood Hotels and the Costco's. And he's one of the most generous, amazing men ever. He died way too young. And I really believe that he died of a, a broken heart. Mm. because he gave so much to everyone, whether it was the schools in New York or, but he was on a plane every day, raising money for this, that, and the other for, to build the biggest skyscrapers and just like all the things. And at one point I asked him, I'm like, Lou, when's it going to be enough? Mm. When's it going to be enough money? Right. Right. You have a $15 million per cost, $30 million per cost on your office at your house. Like, right. Yeah. What more do you need? And it becomes an addiction sometimes to mm. chase this thing to make you feel like you've made it or that you're enough or that you're lovable. Mm -hmm. And so for anybody who's in that space right now, waking up, looking around and going, oh my God, I'm at the peak of my career. I'm getting more money. I'm getting more raises. I'm getting more accolades, but I still feel so empty inside. Mm -hmm. I want you to know, A, you're not alone and B, you're not crazy. <laughs> and I feel you and I see you and I get you and I've helped thousands of people like you. So I understand. Mm -hmm. And this is your soul speaking to you. These are the whispers of your soul that are trying to get your attention. I often say we don't get these ideas just because we get these ideas. We get these ideas because our guides, I call them my, our unseen team of angels, spirit guides, animal uh, guides, ancestors, what have you, are slowly speaking to, softly speaking to us. And we get to start learning to listen. But oftentimes we'll drown it out with more things to do or more trips or more bags or booze and meetups or whatever it may be. But that is one of the biggest lessons and evolutions possible in our life is to learn to listen to that still inner voice and to learn, listen to the whispers of our soul, which is trying to tell us what we're really here to do and try to drown out the, the yells of our ego telling us, well, what will you do for work and how will you make money and how are you going to pay for the kid's college? And what about your parents are going to get sick and da, 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 da. And you need, you know, all of that pressure. Mm. That's normal when you're going from victim consciousness, third dimensional matrix consciousness into the fourth dimension, which is the throat, which is the speaking our truth. We see it on the planet. We see it in Iran right now. We see it in Ukraine. We've seen it with Black Lives Matter. We've seen it with you too. The planet is going through a massive fourth dimensional activation, mm -hmm. which is owning our voice, right? And getting out of the we have to do this because of this, because of that, because of our society, because of our race, because of this. No, the logic and the reason is slowly dying. We're moving into the throat and then we're going to move into our heart, which is the fifth dimension, which is heart-based consciousness. And we're not there yet, but we can't get from logic reason from the matrix into what we think we need to do and what society says is possible and all the things. We get to start questioning everything. Yeah. And that's what's starting to happen on a collective level in every industry across every board, mm -hmm. right? It's this level of integrity. It's just integrity across the board. We can no longer pretend and no longer stay asleep mm -hmm. to what we've been told 
and how we've been imprinted or suppressed and are oppressed. So if you're in this space right now, congratulations, because the real you and the true you is starting to become, it's like, your soul's like, oh my gosh, they're starting to listen to me. And you're just like, you want to say, shut up, you're scaring me. (laughs) Who am I without this title at work? Who will I be without the Lexus? Who will I be without the mansion? Who will I be with this machine? Right? Like, I remember we asked Lou, like, well, how do you know if people are like screwing you over? How do you know if like checks and balances are budgeting? And how do you know? He's like, I don't. Wow. I don't. There's so much money in so many different accounts across so many platforms. Like there's absolutely no way. Mm. Right. You get it's so big at some point that you lose touch. Yeah. Right. And I started to find that in my own business where I was losing touch, not even knowing my students' names in these big programs I was doing. Mm. And I was like, this isn't why I got in here. I don't want these people to be another number. I don't want these people just to be another dollar in my bank account. Mm -hmm. Like I want to go deep with people and I want to feel people and I want to know about their pain. I want to know about their past. And so I think we all get to that point where we realize that we've been the machine. We've been the robot. And we're just like, and we slowly start to wake up. And I, it's so exciting because I could go into like the woo stuff, but there's a lot of light being pumped into the planet right now. So it is activating these dormant DNA of people mm-hmm. and this deep remembrance of who they are and why they're really here. And they get to really start questioning the bullshit that they were taught in school and college and sure. with parents that didn't know any better. Sure. And I think everybody's in that space right now. So congratulations. You're not crazy. You're not alone. There is support. The cave we fear to enter holds a treasure that we seek. And that's my favorite quote of all time by Joseph Campbell. And so if fear is in the room, like, oh God, what if I start questioning this? And what if I really don't want to be in corporate America anymore? This is all I've ever done. What am I going to do next? It's okay. Right. That fear, that questioning, that confusion is you growing. And you don't have to worry about the how. And I often say it's spirit because people will come to me, I'm going to make money. Like I just helped this man who, you know, makes half a million dollars a year and he's a CEO or he's the head of HR for the Olympics. And he's been doing this for 15 years and his soul soul is slowly dying. Uh Right. And he's like a closet mystic and like all the things. And so we've recently helped him pivot out. Nice. He's when he first came to me, he was in breakdown. Amber, you know, I need to make money. And oh, I'm like, yeah, we all do. We all need to make money and you can make money for the man. You can make money for you. Mm -hmm. And it's just getting someone to kind of hold your hand and help you bridge. And people might be listening, going like, oh, I'm not ready to quit my job tomorrow. Which everybody says, you're like, got it. Cool. You'll quit your job in divine timing. And don't think you have to have the next thing figured out to make the pivot. Got it. Got it. That's great. Cause I think people get really caught up in that. Like, you know. It's the, it's the, what's tell me about the how, tell yeah. me about the how. Like, and the how's not your job. The how, the how yeah. is spirit's job as the breadcrumbs unfold when you choose. Mm. And so I had to literally sit him down and open up his bank accounts and open up his 401k and say, let's get real, real holy feel for a second. Let's pretend they fired your house tomorrow with no severance and like the world exploded and you couldn't go to work. Let's look and see if we're honest with ourselves, how long you could survive with the money you had. And I think oftentimes a lot of us who have been in the corporate game for a while, we forget, we get in this grind. This happens with my clients so much. They forget how much money they actually do have saved and they do have stored and they do have an assets. And it's like, we've been programmed to believe we've got to hold on our 401k until we're too old to like use it, Mm -hmm. which is like, no, that is one way. Mm -hmm. But another way is to use that money that's your money now on doing the thing that lights you up to create the money in a way that you love. Right. 
It doesn't have to be like, you can use it however you want to use it. But I think this old paradigm is you retire at 65, you kick back and you don't do anything. And to be fair, all the people that are kind of doing that are gaining weight, are getting sicker, are taking more medicines and they can't even get off their couch. And I'll use my own family, for example, bless my aunt and uncle's heart. But why did they save all that money? All that pension for what? They've never left the country. Wow. They're sick as all heck. They're on every medicine under the sun, but they bought the matrix belief system that this is how you do it. You save your money, you hoard, you have the pensions and you just save, 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 save. You work your ass off. You don't go on vacation. And then when you're 65, all of a sudden you're going to get to like have this freedom. And I'm sorry to say, but I'm sure if we took a poll, the majority of the people are not doing that. Right, right. I want to go back to something you said because I think it it really resonates and it was kind of about that old paradigm like your Asian clients and how they have parents that were like, and I think that's beliefs, right? It's what beliefs, not necessarily are the beliefs that we need to learn, but what are the ones we need to unlearn? Yeah. Because our parents, they were a generation also, and I can say this coming from an Asian household, is they wanted the best. They wanted us to have something better than they have. And so they also achieved more and said, hey, go get an education and go be a doctor or a lawyer. Those were kind of the only two options. And it was interesting because I was just meeting with a friend who is a doctor. She's Asian. And and she became a doctor at like 24, which is so young. (laughs) She she started achievement on that very Very early. And I'm just like, why did you become a doctor? Because I'm so curious, right? You want to be a healer in the world. And I'm, right. I'm ready for some like esoteric, yeah. like, I want to save lives. Yeah. And she was like, that was the option my dad gave me. There he was go. like, you should be a doctor. Yep. And because that was fed to me for so long, right. I felt some obligation also 100%. to my parents of, I guess I should be a doctor. So let me go be a doctor. Yeah. And then when she got into the system, she was like, oh my gosh, systemically, so many things are wrong here. Oh yeah, And I actually cannot facilitate the change i would actually prefer to facilitate golden handcuffs yes yeah and and i was talking to her because i i you know i'm a breast cancer survivor and i had to do a lot of patient advocacy for myself yeah around no i'm not going to take this drug no i'm actually not going to take your chemotherapy because i don't feel like it's right for me that's right i know my body yeah and i was so sure and i was so clear and i understand that not everybody is that way yeah however Instead of my doctor also talking about nutrition or mindset, uh, my mental health, it was all of this like protocol. Yeah. And I asked her, I said, hey, I feel like I get pushback a lot from these doctors that I've dealt with over the years on you know, what, uh, what I think is right for me and also what they think is right for me when the numbers are like, we're all guessing here. Yeah. So help me with that. She said, well, she goes, it's because we, you know, our insurance, basically our guidelines, the hospital we might work with has a protocol for That's this. Right. It's a business. And we, yes. And it's if we don't follow business. it, we could get sued. That's right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So actually you could have great information for me and you could have something extra. You could be telling me to go get some immunotherapies and do some things that are different than what the status quo is. Mm -hmm. But you can't really tell me because some rule book uh, on how they make money is going to keep you from telling me that. Yeah. They're a bit of slaves to the matrix. They're a bit of slaves to the medical industry, which is again, a lot of why 
nurses that get out and come and work with me because they're like, I can't do it anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. we could go, this is all across the board totally from people that are social workers that end up quitting and coming to work with me. Like I need, there's too much red tape. I want to teach meditation. I want to teach breath work. I want to teach these things. I can't even give my students like journaling prompts. Wow. Or their clients journaling prompts and social work. Like it's like we could help so much with self-development tools in that space, but it's against the law and it's illegal. And it's like, there's so much of that happening. And I think like, people get in with good intent. Sure. Just like politics. Sure. I think a lot of people do get in with good intent in politics right. and they get into the system and they realize how corrupt it is. And then they're like trapped because they've committed their life. Right. Yeah. So it's the same across every board. And that's why I'm saying right now we're in a time space reality where everybody's starting to question yeah. and question it all. And to back it up with the parents, you know, and the Asian parents, we can even go back whatever, everybody basically sure. parents that migrated here from other countries. Right. They grew up in the Depression. They grew up during war. They didn't have a lot of options. Right. I mean, first of all, that's why that whole generation of baby boomers is sweeping under the rug. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. therapy is like, there's nothing wrong with us. That's don't right. say anything. Hush, Goodbye. hush. <laughs> and now we're in a space where, like, if you don't have a therapist, there's something wrong with that's us. Right? Right. <laughs> so it's like covered insurance and all these things, right? It's like we're going to a different space. But to be fair for the baby boomers and our grandparents and our great-grandparents, the only way they could stand out in America was with they had education, right? They were all fighting for like a little bit of jobs, right? They were living in a different time space reality when they couldn't even put food on the table. So they get, get that jobs girl and you keep that job, right? You work that job until you die. Right. But what happened was that imprinting and that, I don't say manipulation, but it came from a genuine place in order to help their kid to survive. But what we realize that the climate has changed. The right. environment has changed. We have the computers now. We have cell phones now. We don't need to be in offices. So all these old identities of the way you need to make money and the way you need to work are all dying. Mm-hmm. And so I often tell my my clients, like, that's not your parents' fault. They're doing the best they can. Like, I have a lot of people come to me that want to become entrepreneurs and their parents are like, that's crazy. That's unsafe. And what are you doing? And at some point, we've got to stop taking advice from people that don't have the directions of where we're right. going or we want to go. Right. Like, stop asking direction from your parents. If your parents don't have the life that you want and the happiness level you want, stop asking them for advice. Mm-hmm. Just because they're your parents, like, bless their heart, but know your audience. Right. And so I often say, like, if you want to pivot out of corporate, come talk to someone who's done it or come talk to someone who helps people do it right. so that you can get, you not called crazy and you're not told you're like, I've had so many clients come to me crying and be like, I feel so ungrateful. I have this great job. My kids have things. We don't have to want for anything. I feel selfish because I want to quit my job. I feel like I have responsibility to my family. And it's like, Yes, and you also have a responsibility to yourself to not self-sacrifice and self-sabotage your mission and purpose on this planet. And you also don't get to wake up every day and it literally makes me cry. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many people going to these jobs and they are slaves to the matrix because they feel like they have to be. Mm -hmm. And there is another way. And I know you can't see it right now, but you finding your way to this podcast is a step in the right direction of the possibility of what's there for you because you can make a good living doing what you love and you can make a living doing the impact in the way you want to it is possible everything is possible but just because our parents couldn't do it and our parents parents couldn't do it and our parents parents couldn't do it doesn't mean we can't do it and fray our entire lineage that's right that's you know right. and it's time that we start asking these questions and not make ourselves wrong for wanting more yes yes absolutely there is a subject that i wanted to bring up with you because i am so interested in it and fascinated by it 
And I don't know that I'm really clear on maybe the definition around it. But I feel like you are in this work where you are helping people with transitions and you're also helping people understand what steps can they take, Yeah, right? They're trying to lean into their intuition. They're trying to lean into their calling. They're trying to shift from this sort of logical, I do this work and this has been my identity. That's right. And now I've got to shift into probably what they're who they really are. That's right. right. Really they, who they really are really under are. all that programming. But there is a phrase called spiritual bypassing. Yes. Can you talk to me about that? I want to know what that is. Absolutely. And I want to come back around to the intuition stuff because I was getting tapped totally. by my guides to talk about that. Yes. Just real quick, I want to say something. We have been taught to not use our intuition. Mm, true. Okay. This whole system from the moment we were in elementary school to being having to ask permission to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. okay? We have not been taught to be innovative right. <laughs> and self-thinkers. We have been taught in the church, bless the church, right? Like mm-hmm. I grew up as a Catholic and Christian. When I would ask questions, I would get in trouble. Like I didn't understand. Right. You're telling me Jesus loves everyone, but then, but not gay people right. and not these people, not that people. And it always felt like that's not the Jesus I know. Right. So backing it up we've been brought up to not ask questions we've been brought to just listen sit down shut up good human pay your taxes go to school don't question authority don't right. question the church don't question your parents go star don't yeah be a good human mm-hmm. tap the head so intuition i want to come back to that because even in the medical field i have a client right now that just got diagnosed with colon cancer and mm-hmm. we know that it's the leftover anger and rage and letting go and she's in her 60s 65 incredible human but she gonna she gonna beat it like it's almost gone it's all comes from anger but intuitively the doctors are doing the thing where you need to get chemo you need to do this and she's like i'm gonna take my time Mm -hmm. good for her and she's not getting good feedback from her family of course but she comes to me and she comes to uh, all of us in the mastermind and to tell her that yes girl Mm -hmm. Spirit will tell you what to do next. That's right. But right now we're working on her forgiving her mother, mm-hmm. her grandmother, her great-grandmother, her everybody in yes. her family. But I say this because that is a big part of your evolution and giving yourself permission to pivot is starting to trust that little voice and trusting that intuition. Yeah. And it is necessary in corporate America. It is necessary as a parent. It is necessary in the medical field. We must use discernment. And I think that the baby boomer generation, bless their hearts, my mom and my uncle, they listen to what their doctors say like it's Bible. Right. right. Well, I'm going to talk to my doctor. I'm like, you know, mom, have you ever thought about maybe exploring some like options? You know, because my mom has diabetes. She refused to take the insulin, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But no, my doctor says, and I'm going to talk to my doctor and I know what I need to do. And my doctor, my doctor, my doctor. And yeah. it's just like, we've given so much power to the doctors. It's like, they don't know. Mm-hmm. They're just put passing information on. Right. And I know a lot of people who have healed themselves from a lot of cancers and a lot of diseases, disease from doing spiritual work, mm-hmm. doing self-development. Like literally I've had a client who's like in her late sixties, heal herself from MS. Mm, beautiful. By beautiful. just releasing the trauma and the rage that we do at my retreats. So yeah, I love that. All right. So back to spiritual bypassing. Yes. However, real quick, I want to, I want to make this comment. Yeah. Definitely. If you're a doctor and you're listening, yeah, bless your heart. We love you. You're amazing. Yeah, like thank God for you. You're brilliant. Absolutely, you're an earth angel, and we see you and we honor you and we acknowledge you. We are not bashing you at all. We know you got into this for pure intent, and you have a good heart. And we also know that you're only allowed to do some some certain things. Exactly. Exactly. And I know that probably breaks your heart a lot of the time. Yeah. So we're sorry. Just yeah, and I want to just make that quick acknowledgement and. 
also saying that like again like we've already discussed about how they're they are held to to a oh, different yeah. set of rules and it's that's the this whole paradigm that that's says right. don't ask questions let's not introduce other things you know i thought that i was gonna have a doctor come to me and be like you're a little bit of an enigma because you didn't take the tamoxifen you didn't do the chemotherapy and we'd love to figure out like what is it that you did that's the natural place i think any doctor should go with someone that is yeah. already at their five year and it's interesting because no one's asking. They just take my blood every six months. Yeah. They don't ask me. Isn't that wild? Like, how are you living? What are you thinking? What are you eating? And I'm like, who is who is doing this research? Or does no one care? Because only the only tests and the only things we're doing are around what we want to prove, which is how a medicine works so that we can make money. That's right. And I'm, I'm just like, wow, when did we shift from what's great for people to what makes money? And, and that's... Like, is that ever going to, is that going to change? Well, I think we're working, that's a part of the spiritual okay. calling. It's a part of asking questions like this. It's part of even being conscious enough to even have these conversations mm-hmm. and get out of the box of the news tells me what's really going on. And I believe it like Bible mm-hmm. and my doctor says, and therefore I do. It's like, no, let's start thinking for ourselves. Let's start talking about sovereignty. Let's start thinking about questioning everything and finding your own way. Mm. And I think that's a part of this evolution of 3D to 4D to 5D consciousness and getting this heart-based consciousness and getting out of this machine to make money at whatever costs and start getting back to the people and getting back to the land. Because newsflash, our ancestors weren't dealing with cancer Mm -hmm. on the prairie. Right. Newsflash, (laughs) they weren't running to their local pharmacy. They were using the herbs and the plants and the land. Right. And I believe that every disease that is created, there is a solution in nature, in Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. And I think that so many people are starting to look into these things as alternatives because it doesn't feel right. Right. To keep taking those medicines. Right. And they're like, man, I feel like I'm not supposed to be taking this. Right. But if you don't have anybody around you that says, listen to your heart and listen to your heart, then you're going to be manipulated into following the norm, which is, well, this is what we do. Just like with birth control. I could go on a whole long Mm. thing about pumping that stuff into our bodies and how many of my friends have issues, including myself, Mm. because of how much poison we were sticking in our bodies. Right. Right. And it's like, it does a lot of damage. Yeah. I definitely believe medicine has its place. Oh my God. Uh, Absolutely. I think we are just so far from from these beautiful natural old school ways also yeah they can help it's both and i think it's both and i don't think it's all one or all the other right Right. you know because listen if your arm's chopped off you're not going to be like i'm going to put an oil on it it's like you're going to need to go into the surgery and manage it so it's like that's when people are like it's only vegan and bless you all if you're vegan but it's like it's only meat Mm -hmm. it's like it's only for who that person needs and we get to be flexible you know i was a vegetarian for 10 years and my hair started falling out and Mm -hmm. i was having all the severe fatigue my adrenals were jacked and you know and then all of a sudden spirit was like you need to eat meat and i was like oh and now i have my energy back and i have less brain fog and you know i don't eat it all the time but i listen to my body now mm-hmm. instead of like i'm a bad spiritual person if i eat and consume meat mm, got it you know yeah. i'm like come on now 
So well, we make ourselves so right or wrong about everything. Well, the seems. Matrix does. Yes, yeah, so the Matrix does. Good Thank boy, you. bad boy. Good boy, bad boy. Right and wrong. Yeah. And I was like, what if I just take that out of everything? What if it's both and? What if it's yes. all of it? What if it's the yin yes. and yang? You exactly. know, we all have light. We all have dark. We all have shadow. Like, mm. it's just the part of the contrast of the human experience. Mm. We have to have free will and we have to have choice. That's right. But it's not diagnosed for every person in copy and paste. And I think that's where the medical industry is failing is that it's copy and paste copy and paste for every single human being mm -hmm. and it's that's not the case yeah yeah and it is back to what you said earlier which is teaching people to think and feel versus saying be obedient and follow all these rules but it's yeah. like no think for yourself does this make sense for you my nephew when he was younger we were at the mall and he wanted to go on this escalator you know like kids do right yeah. they want to go up the down escalator yeah and he comes to me, he says, Aunt Mary, can I go uh, Can I go up that escalator? And I look at him and I'm thinking, how funny that he's coming to me for permission right. to do this thing that he in his mind is perceiving as possibly wrong. And I said to him, I said, well, why don't you think about that a minute? I was like, what's your worst case scenario? He's like, worst case is like, maybe I fall and, you know, have a spill. I was like, okay. And what's your best case scenario? He's like, I get to run up the stairs and it's really fun. I was like, all right. I go, well, I think you're old enough to make your own decision. And Beautiful. He smiled and he ran for it and he just <laughs> dun, 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 right and I laughed. And so it was this whole thing of like he's here seeking my permission That's on right. it. But I'm like, no, no, you don't need my permission. You're old enough and smart enough to figure this out. So And whatever he chose was actually yes, perfect because yes. if he did fall and he break his arm, well, he had a great story. That's and right. That was the impact was of his choice. choice. Exactly. Right? And exactly. I think it's like empowered choice. Mm -hmm. And so I really am my my intention and my prayer is that we get to a space in the medical industry where it's acceptable to say, this is an option and this is an option here, feel into it. And then like, come back to me when you know what you know. Yeah. You know, I know being a woman who's 43 and be 44 at the end of the month and still committed to having a baby. I remember going to a gynecologist, which I haven't been back since and saying like, well, you know, she just, meanwhile, my womb is open, right? My like <laughs> life force energy, right. my most vulnerable place in the world. And she starts to talk into my, basically into my womb <laughs> and tell me like, well, you know, at your age, da, 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 and the likelihood of this and that. And I was like, oh, I like literally like stopped her. I was like, I'm not available for this conversation. Mm. It's like consent. Don't cast your spells mm -hmm. onto me. Mm, that's right. Like the word spelling comes from spells. Mm -hmm. So the words that we speak create our reality yes. and they create intentions and they project and they, they manipulate and they love and they all the things. Mm -hmm. And so we got to be really careful with allowing people to cast their spells of what they think is possible. That's right. Because if we buy that narrative, they we're buying the spell that they're casting on us. Mm -hmm. And and so many people just like, look with the sugar pill experiment with the cancer patients. And they gave them sugar and they're like, this isn't your cure for cancer or whatever. And then they told the one, they told them all later that it was just sugar. And two of them were like, heck yeah, who cares? I'm healed. Amen. You know? Wow. And then the other one was like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? It wasn't right. What do you mean? What do you think happened? The cancer came back. Mm. Right. So, I do believe that we get to be really careful on whose narrative we're listening to. And as kids, we listen to our parents because we pedestal them and they're our protectors and they're our saviors and all the things. Mm -hmm. But as we become adults, we really get to start questioning everything we were taught yes. from teachers, from parents, from society, from the government, so that we can be a sovereign being. And I think that's what's happening as the planet is stepping into sovereignty and really just like ownership of choice, ownership of voice and ownership of what we want to believe in the life we want to live. Mm -hmm. So I have a phrase that I like to use, and it's just eat the cake. 
Yeah. Just eat the cake. Yum. That is that is built from like my grandma being like super old and dying, and my uncle wanting to like pump her full of vitamins like in, in the last phase of her life. And I was like, if she just wants a piece of cake, give her the cake. Give her give as her much cake as she cake. wants. Yeah. So yeah. in the work that you do, is there a just eat the cake? Uh, I was just in Mexico two days ago in Cancun for a friend's 45th birthday. Incredible girl. Shout out to Net May. She's got a superfood company. Incredible human. Went through crazy, crazy life stories. What are her, her former assistant was sitting next to me. We're all going up and acknowledging and she didn't, she was in her, in her space. Mm. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, I can't, I can't. What to say? Right. This whole overthink perfectionism. I need to get it right. All this matrix, just garbage pumped into the, her her inner child was just like freaking out and i said to her meg listen if danette died tomorrow you'd be pissed and she's like oh it's a horrible thing to say and i said is it though i said not every day is guaranteed we're all getting on planes tomorrow mm-hmm. or the next day mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that you may be able to say the things to danette that you could say to her right now mm-hmm. stop making it about you babe mm. and she's like man you're good and i was like <laughs> so she got up she acknowledged that it was a beautiful thing but I use this as an example because it's like we overthink the cake. We overthink the thing. We overthink it all on our deathbed. We are not going to be saying, I wish I would have listened to my mom more. I wish I would have done what my partner wanted me to do more. I wish I would have listened to, I wish I would have eaten less or whatever it is. We're going to be saying, I wish, I wish I did. Mm -hmm. And I've read those books and people on their deathbed and they're all talking about, I wish I would have ate the cake. I wish I would have danced more. I wish I would have left my husband 20 years before when I was miserable. Like, I wish I would have did the thing I wanted to do. Yeah. And so that is a big thing when I think about people being slaves to their matrix jobs is that like, if you died tomorrow, you would be so mad. Mm-hmm. You'd be so mad that you were like, but I got to pay my Mercedes bill and all the things. It's like, at what cost? And I think like, I remember a time where like I wanted like a Gucci bag or a Prada bag so bad when I was living in LA and I was broke and I was barely getting by and I would go out to the clubs or go to these restaurants. I see these girls with these fancy purses and these fancy handbags. I remember just wanting them so bad, right? Like, God, I wish I could have that. I wish I could have that. And now I'm in a space where I can buy all that shit and I don't want it. I'm like, I would rather, I would rather yeah. buy, get a massage every week, uh-huh. you know, go on vacations, fly upgrade into business so I could lay down on my back won't hurt. Like I'm in a different place now where I'm like, I want to eat what I want to eat. I want to buy all the supplements I want to buy. I want to get the facials. I want to get the massages. I want to get the healers and the body workers. And it's like, forget the Gucci Prada handbag. Like, no, (laughs) like, but it's just a different consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. Like my self-worth was so like, I will make it when, Mm -hmm. and you know, I had a half a million dollar month. Did I run to the Gucci store and Prada store and buy my 19, 25 year old self that bag? No, because it doesn't matter anymore. Right. I want to live in the mountains again. Like I want to wake up to less traffic. Like, yes. you know, like I want peace and serenity and ease and flow now mm-hmm. versus like, I want all the things, the material, you know, material stuff that we buy to so feel better. Else, well, it's usually buying it so that someone else will see it and think a thing or that right. we'll feel we're worthy. Yes. Or that we'll feel we're worthy. Yeah. That all fit in. I've arrived when, Yes. you yeah. know, and I think that's someone who's, you know, you know, Mexican descent and Native American descent. I just found out I'm 13% Native, which, I mean, makes so much sense on why I'm mm-hmm. called to all those indigenous ways and people. And, you know, 
I was a dream of mine to like be able to fly first class, you know? Mm. And it's like a dream, like I'm the first person to buy a house, you know, my mom and dad never bought a home, yeah. you know? And like, I think about these things that you like think are, oh, I'll fit in when, or I'll be accepted when. I used to be so embarrassed that I was getting like, my mom would pay with food stamps. I'd be like, oh, please don't let anybody from school see, you know? Yeah. And it's just like we get these programs of being not enough mm -hmm. from so long, whether we don't have a mom or we don't have a dad or we don't have money or we don't have shoes, yeah. like it, or we do, you know, we don't have the friends or we don't have the skin color, whatever it is. Like I found out that sometimes Indian people bleach their skin right, to, to be, be on lighter. TV. Mm -hmm. And I was like crying about that this weekend. I was like, what? Yeah. How fucking sad is that? Yeah. Yeah, it's shame, guilt, all the time. And it's trying to fit into the white man's freaking, like, you know? And it's like, I'm not judging anyone that's white. You know, I present as white. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Mexican, but I don't look Mexican. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we get to start questioning all this stuff, guys. Totally. Like, we really get to. And it starts on the inside. It starts on the micro. Mm -hmm. And then it will, and it will impact the macro. Right. Absolutely. So we really get to start here, right? Instead of making everyone outside of us wrong, mm -hmm. we get to just look in and go, does this feel good to me anymore? No. Okay. I'm going to choose something new. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm just going to take my first step into what feels good yeah. and what feels more aligned. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you had known before you started doing any of this work? I'll say it's the thing that I'm up against right now. I'm going through a massive ego death, identity death, friendship death, mm -hmm. living space death, mm -hmm. uh, business death, like not wanting to do business, like trading my nine to five for my 365 mm -hmm. and at what cost, right? Mm -hmm. Of the proving and the discernment. And I mean, I'm in it too, guys. Like I get it and it, we do it at different levels, but I would say what I'm in right now is like really realizing and looking back on, you know, the last 10 years being in this work feeling like I have to give to receive love. Like, I feel like I'm an amazing friend. I'm an amazing coach. I'm a, like, I'm an over giver. Mm. And I always thought like, no, I just give because I, it feels good and I'm in service and, you know, but really recognizing that like you get, it used to be this whole thing, give and don't worry about receiving or like give, like not expecting anything in return. Yes. And and I think for someone like me who struggle with codependency and not enoughness and overgiving and have up until now attracted narcissistic relationships and friendships and employees and employers and all the things from that space of not enoughness, I think it is important to use discernment and see if there is reciprocity in your life and in your relationships. Yes. And I often have clients that come to me that give so much to their workplace and then they can drop them like a dime. Mm -hmm. Like something happens where like I heard about this woman getting fired because she got cancer and she got fired from her job. Wow. Okay. Wow. Like she's giving how many years of her life. Yeah. Right. Or them, she's taking two weeks off because her father's dying. And they're like, well, if you don't come back to work, we're replacing you. And it's like, we really get to take inventory is if what we're giving to, is it, is it in reciprocity? Are we receiving as much as we're giving? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one thing I wish that I looked at. And also I would say just in my industry, trying to keep up with the Joneses mm. like well they're doing ads and I need to do ads and and they're they have more people on their team and I need to do more team or they're doing this and I need to do that it's like I think what I'm learning which I wish I knew now is you don't need as many team as you think you need you don't need as many things as you think you need I mean 
in your house to in your Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. or in your business. And I think it's like less is more Mm -hmm. and small and mighty, as my friend Alexi says, like you got to keep it small and mighty, but you get this illusion that I'm making more money. So I've got to hire more people or I'm making more money and I got to buy more stuff or I'm making my more, whatever that looks like. It's this, I need more. I think that too is a scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. and really asking myself, is this bringing me joy? And it brought me joy for the first few years of my business, but then I was a slave to my business. And then all of a sudden I, I had an eyelash gal tell me like earlier this year and, you know, bless her heart. She's from Texas. She doesn't know a thing about my world, a thing about when she knows a thing about any of the stuff that I talk about. And she's like, can I say something to you? She's like, I'm probably bad during her accent, but she's like, you teach people to live your best damn life, but it doesn't sound like you're living yours. Oh, and I was like, Thank you very much, Spirit, for this smack in the face of like, I've felt like I had to. Mm. I felt like I had to keep teaching this stuff because it changes people's lives. And I'm talking about the stuff I'm talking to you guys about now. I'm talking about like life purpose and, Mm. and, you know, all those things. Yeah, It wasn't bringing me joy anymore, but I was doing it because I was making great money. I felt like I had an obligation to Spirit because Spirit was blessing me with the money. Mm. And I have the platform and I have the knowledge. But it was starting to feel like a job. Mm. And I was getting so bogged down by all the admin things that it was robbing me of my joy. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing all my students full of joy and lighten up. And I'm like jealous of my t- students in a way mm. or envious rather that like, okay, now I'm back in the shoes that I was when I left mm-hmm. the matrix, which yeah. is many people are probably sitting in now, which yeah. is like, I feel obligated yep. to I show up. My brother-in-law works so hard to build a church. And he and my sister built this church from the ground up. They wow. had like three people, I think, the first service, and it grew from there. Wow. But his whole life was just so invested in it. Yeah, service, that, service, service. That even with the, the kids, it was like that was their life. They got picked up from school, and it was straight to church. Yeah. And it was church at least three times a week, if not more than that. Or somebody had some tragedy or some, some emergency. They were there for everyone. Yes, they were there for everyone. And I was like, wow, you know, you, you got to take care of home. That's right. You got to take care of yourself. That's and right. One of the excuses I think we can show up with is... Am I playing small? Mm-hmm. But also, what happens when you're like, no, I'm playing playing pretty fucking big. But at what cost? And at what cost? And can I still create impact, but also not forget that, like, I have to take care of me, too. That's right. Like, I, I can't do this work in the way that it, uh, and, and with my full energy in life, if I don't give myself the space and the time and the energy to lean in mm-hmm. and not be running around like a chicken with my head cut off all the time. Yeah. And that's been my, it's been a majority of my, my time in this, yeah. in this work has been, I gotta, I gotta help more people. I gotta help more people. I gotta help more people. And yeah. it's like the savior complex right? in the martyr. Right. And it's like, I told my students on our call the other day, my business mastermind students, I said, just be careful that you're not teaching from your wounds mm-hmm. or you're not being driven by your wounds. Right. And it's like, I think that we are at the beginning mm-hmm. and then we get to get to a point to realize is, does this still feel good? Right. And I think we check in and then I think that's a really scary conversation yeah. because I'm in that conversation right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I only want to serve, you know, people who are burnt out in corporate or, you know, six, seven, eight, nine figure people who are ready to up level in their spirituality and get connected to their hearts and what they really want yeah. and give them the permission to, and the courage and confidence to go for it. And, yeah. you know, it's a different pivot. 
And it's scary because I haven't gone full in on that. Yeah. You know, I've still helped the people that can't even barely pay their rent. Right. You know, and that are struggling to like even do play their lights. Sure. But it's like, how can I pivot into a space of this gets to feel energetically good for me? Mm Mm-hmm. And it, there gets to be reciprocity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about your program. Yeah. Ceremony membership. Uh, yeah. The most in-demand membership in the world for seekers, lightworkers, healers, and starseeds. Yeah. So this is like a fun project right now. Okay. Um, which I'm just kicking off this this month. It's because I love ceremony. I love sitting in a sacred container where we can pray. And it doesn't matter what religion or non-religion you are. Prayer is speaking your intention and being witnessed Mm. in gratitude and being requesting support, Mm. right? I love song. I love drumming. I love meditation. I love connecting with the divine and like Mm. feeling the presence of your guides or your angels or your unseen team and really working in partnership with the land and working in partnership with your, with the ancestors Mm. and just having this beautiful sacred circle and space to be seen, to be, to be witnessed, whether it's gathering on the full moon, the new moon on a holy day holiday and being able to meet other people to hold sacred council essentially. And I feel like that's something that we've lost when our ancestors used to sit in council, the men would sit with the men, the women sit with the women, they would all sit as a tribe and there would be this space where people could speak about what they need or what they're experiencing and they would be held. Mm. And I feel like not a lot of people are held right now. Mm. And I have a woman who was in my last first membership um, call, the ceremony, and she just, she cried her eyes out and I had her grab a pillow and I had her scream in it. And like, she's in the space of leaving her marriage, mm. right? And and he doesn't believe in her dreams. And it's, it, I knew this was coming, but she has been a student of mine off and on in my program for over a year. But to see the freedom on her face, mm-hmm. literally, she was just so locked up with this fear and this anger and the sadness. And it's like, this is happening for everyone, no matter what business you're in. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are going through a major transformation right now and a major death. And, and it's scary for a lot of people Yeah, and, um, for everyone yeah. <laughs> and to not have anyone to talk to about that and not have anyone to be witnessed in that is a, sh- is a shame. And so I'm excited just to have, this is a, my low ticket opportunity. It's only $111 for the whole freaking year. And you can come and you can wow. sit. I know. And that's my offering okay. to everyone wow. so that anybody can be there yeah, from all ages, all ages, and everyone have access. Beautiful. You come, you don't come. It's full moon, new moon. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, Lionsgate or it's um, uh, the summer solstice, winter solstice, that be. So that's a ceremony membership. It's okay. a safe space for you to ceremony and to be seen, to be witnessed and to, to manifest and to um, all the things. But more importantly, like right now is is really focusing on the immersions and the one-offs where clients come to me, I come to clients, we go to the woods, we meet every quarter, every year where people are in transition of leaving jobs, leaving relationships, mm-hmm. divorce, death, rebirthing who they are in corporate America, mm-hmm. you know, having a space to do forgiveness work or do sacred rage or hold a death ceremony for the old version of you, yeah. right? And to do these practices so that you can feel free and go back into your families or go back into your business. And we don't take time, oftentimes we're go, 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 no, no, more, 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 that we don't really get a chance to sit back and go, do I really want to keep doing this? Mm-hmm. And that's something I wish that I would have done every year is given myself permission to explore the void mm-hmm. and to explore what 
also could be coming in instead of being on autopilot. Yes. And so that's, that's what I'm really excited about. I'm stepping back into the entertainment world. Um, I just recently got hired by some Hollywood managers and I was told by Vedic astrologists earlier this year that I was going to be back on television. I was like, no. Um, and now like a few weeks later, I got a call from these guys and they're like, listen, we see what you've done. We see what you created organically. We want to be the one beneath your wings. I didn't say it like that, but that's, <laughs> but they said, let's, let's get you back into the mainstream. So wow. 2023 is all about building the relationships with the affluent people in Hollywood and in New York and, um, being able to bring these ceremonies to these groups that have massive impact, oh, whether it's that. philanthropy or, mm-hmm. you know, major corporations, how can I activate those individuals to be vibrating at the highest frequency of love and sovereignty so that they can go and impact their industries yes. so that we can get to the space of heart-based consciousness of all living in, in, in harmony. So there will be shows coming out and there will be, um, you know, scripted and reality and all the things wow. that bringing this consciousness into the matrix. Cool. Um, because not everybody's on Instagram and TikTok. So we get to like infiltrate the matrix that way. And so coming back into my spiritual talk show and coming back into holding ceremonies um, for people, whether they're birthing a new baby or they're, you know, releasing that that relationship or what have you. So I'm very excited about that and excited to work with people one-on-one space more and to do more deep immersions. And so this year is all about ceremony in person, retreats, Mm. taking people all over the world to these sacred sites and um, just giving people permission to explore their spiritual consciousness and their connection to the divine in their own unique way. I love it. Tell us, yeah. tell us, uh, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, Amber. Yes. And I want to just touch on spiritual bypassing real quick. Cause I yes. think it's important. Okay. Spiritual bypassing is basically, I would say it's a narcissistic way of pretending everything's okay mm. or writing off like, um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Like, and I feel like this happens a lot, unfortunately, in my industry Mm. is that this toxic positivity of like love, light and take responsibility and like all those things. Yes. And you've got to go through the victim. You've got to go through the shadow. You've got to feel the pain and the rage and the sadness Mm. and the guilt and the shame before you can just transform it with an affirmation. Right. And I feel like not to knock affirmations because that was my first number one Amazon bestselling book was affirmations, but I had to reprogram my narrative because I grew up in such opposite of that. Mm -hmm. But there's a point where that only takes you so far mm-hmm. and then you got to go into your shadow. And I think the spiritual bypassing is pretending like either what you, like if someone says that really hurt my feelings, you'd be like, you shouldn't be hurt by that. Mm. And it's like, you don't get to gaslight people. Right. And I think that spiritual bypassing is like, our relationship is so good. And I recognize like, you know, if he's cheating on me, then it's like, that's just, I get to look at myself and see what like I'm creating by that. It's just like, dude, at some point, like you got to call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's becoming rampant in our industry Mm -hmm. where it's like, we are scared to feel, Mm -hmm. we're scared to feel angry. We're scared to feel the shadow. We're scared to feel rage. We're scared to be pissed. Mm -hmm. It's like, not everybody has to get along. You can still love people, but not everyone has to get along. Not everybody's in pure intent. Mm -hmm. And I think we get to start overriding people's feelings and emotions Mm. and pretending like everything's okay just because you meditate and like it happens a lot a lot in the spiritual community Mm -hmm. where it's this bypassing of like well it's just not aligned it's just not meant to be Mm -hmm. it's like maybe it's because you can't keep a commitment (laughs) maybe because you're out of integrity with your word Mm -hmm. maybe you need to look at your wounding and how you're projecting on people but it's so easy to just bypass like oh that's their stuff it's not mine got it Right. Got it. It's Great. like, thank you for defining yeah, that. No responsibility. Really good. good. Really yeah. good. Yeah. 
Okay, Miss Amber, tell our listeners how to get in touch with yeah. you. I am Amber Valdez. I am Amber Valdez. I am Amber Valdez on TikTok and on Instagram and AmberValdez.com. Amazing. Thank you for being my guest. Oh my today. goddess. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for you thank and your you. show. And I'm excited for everyone listening. I know that was a lot. Oh, it was. It was so good. Well, Hopefully they're feeling yeah. activated. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I was going to tell you, I actually go into my ayahuasca ceremony <gasps> Friday. Oh, so this is such goddess. a great preface. This is such Whoa. a great preface for, uh, for that, uh, that journey. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. See you on the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm feeling it. Feeling it. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me at www.maryd.com. That's M-A-R-Y-D-E-E.com. Follow and like us at Facebook or Instagram at the Mary D. That's the T-H-E Mary D. M-A-R-Y-D-E-E. 